is Truth Talks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. Thank you for being with us today. With me here in the studio is the pastor of Belcroft Bible Church. His name is Pastor Matt White. How you doing today, sir? Man, I am I am on cloud nine, my friend. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Uh, I I would join you, but it's a uh, it's the pollen season right now, so oh, I want to stay I, inside. Listen, man, I, <laughs> I hope nobody could tell on Sunday, but I was dying. Really? Oh my word! I, yeah, I've been so swollen in here. Amy's mm-hmm. been cracking up. Just looked like my nose, like somebody punched me. Cause yeah, it's been so bad. Yeah, it's I, it's getting worse and worse. But I like being outside. I've been trying to, you know, grab as much vitamin D as I possibly can outside. Amen. But uh, I was in the post office on Monday. Mm-hmm. Had to deliver a bunch of packages i was in there i was at the teller and it started hitting me with the pollen and mm-hmm. then getting a scratchy throat mm-hmm. i started coughing yeah i couldn't stop yeah i'm like hacking up a lung the whole place starts moving away oh yeah oh yeah because this is yeah you need to have a shirt on that says it's not covid it's allergies because <laughs> <laughs> obviously nobody gets allergies anymore yeah yeah it, like, apparently nobody I'm gets allergies out and anymore people are like like they're moving separating like, the, yeah, red like the red sea yep. yep let him through let him through <laughs> or or the jordan one or the other so yeah it it yeah it's it's bad and it's it's only going to get worse as as the time goes on but then there's this break in summertime where i just stop having all of these issues and and that's the that's the point i'm actually looking for right now so yeah. but you know it, it it takes some time sorry to distract you oh no you're good you're good well we uh there's this topic today is is uh <laughs> it actually has to do with distractions oh. uh because um what I want to do is have a conversation with you about a specific uh scripture uh in Ephesians and when uh, Paul is admonishing the Ephesian church to walk in love mm. and it's uh Ephesians chapter 5 so I'm going to read this portion of scripture here and I want to get your uh your counsel, I would say, on uh, a few things. Mm-hmm. So here it is, Ephesians chapter 5. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Mm. Now, one thing that uh, is not mentioned here that I do want to mention, uh, there's a a few other portions of scripture that mention that. Um, The the foolish talking I really like. Mm. Uh, Sorry, the crude joking and the foolish talk. And uh, and it says no filthiness. This is all verse four. But one thing that is there as well um, in scripture is the word gossip. Mm-hmm. And I want you to kind of, especially the crude joking and the foolish talk, I want you to kind of give me an example in scripture or a definition uh, through scripture of what those things are. Because I think that what happens is we kind of get caught up in the world's definition of these mm-hmm. things and we don't understand it fully. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you could, like, what 
what is gossip is is the biggest question mm-hmm. and the the foolish talk mm-hmm. like because if i look at it we're all fools you know we don't mm-hmm. understand a lot of things and we try to talk it out mm-hmm. so what would give me some the first one is gossip i would say a, mm-hmm. a definition of what that is yeah so there's a number of ways you can describe that or even see that in scripture but um hold on a second keep talking I gotta grab something. All right, so I'm gonna do a play by play. What actually it, Pastor Matt is doing is going over to his bookshelf to grab a book. The what? His Greek New Testament. Oh, to, to grab the Greek New Testament. <laughs> they, the, I can't remember the exact words. Yeah, so that are used here, so I'm not gonna guess. Yeah, and I and I appreciate that because you're not you know just kind of giving your own. No, I'm not uh, gonna guess. Yeah, I'll do that. So he's he's actually looking up the. Uh, the definitions here well, and not, not the definitions but the greek text the greek text okay yeah i want to see what i can't remember off the top of my head okay what those what those greek words were so mm-hmm. you keep talking well i like i said gossip isn't in this uh in this uh yeah in this actual passage but that is one of the things that i do remember that uh the apostle paul was talking to uh a, a certain churches i want to say the corinthian church probably definitely had a bunch of that in there but mm-hmm. you know i just want to know like what that specifically is because you know i i mean i would have a conversation with someone and it's like at times it could turn into that you know it could turn into i'm just being a gossip and yep. you know I, uh, another word that i don't even know where it, it talks about it in scripture but it talks about being a busybody. Mm-hmm. you know in titus yeah, and what are what are those what are those things? Because obviously, I want to stay away from them. I don't mm-hmm. want that to be who I am or what I do. But at the same time, it's like, where is that line? I want to stay far away from that line. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm having a conversation with a friend, I want to get some information. What would be kind of like that? You know, First Thessalonians uh, five uses that term. Hold on a second. First Thessalonians five, thirteen, I think. Yeah. Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, not only idlers but also gossips and busybodies. There you go. First mm-hmm. Thessalonians five, saying what they should not, and um, so that's that's a passage you are probably you are probably thinking of there. Um, it's it's interesting gossip comes up again in Romans 1 that was first Thessalonians yeah no that was first Timothy sorry five oh, okay. first Timothy 5 13 talking about widows and um, widows that are um, worthy to be put on the, the the widows list in the church and and um, and uh, so of, let me let me while ahead. you're Go looking ahead. let me Go read ahead. that first Timothy chapter 5 verse uh let's do verse 11 and you know for the sake of context but refuse to enroll younger widows for when their passions draw them away from christ they desire to marry and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith besides that they learn to be idlers going about from house to house and not only idlers but also gossips and busybodies saying what they should not now I have more questions, Matt, because <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, you know, how is it? I, I, and I'm really proud of the fact that I actually have my pastor. He He's pulled a second Bible off of the shelf uh, along with that second Bible. He has his Greek uh, New Testament. So uh, I think I'm making them work and it's not even Sunday. Nope. Is, is that is that the case? It's awesome. I yeah, love it. it's good. 
So once you once you once you are, are ready, you know, come back to the microphone and uh, well, kind of kind of help us through this. Well, we're gonna start with the word that's not in the text that you brought up, which is which is gossip. But I wanted to point out that it's also in Romans speak one. To, yeah, speak to it's the also mic. in Romans one, and this is helpful. Um, why don't you turn there to Romans one? Mm-hmm. That scary, sad passage of the description of the depraved man and the depraved society mm-hmm. in Romans 1, uh, 18 to 32, but you can read it starting in verse 28 of Romans 1. You said 18 through 20. Yeah, but you, but you said can read start, read, start it in verse 28, read it to the end, and you'll oh, see, see it, it comes yep. up again. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 28, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteous, evil, covetous, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they knew or though they know God's decree and that though and that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but get uh, give approval to those who practice them. Wow. Verse 32 is tough. Scary. Yeah. Scary when you start to realize that gossip's no joke. It um, you, I mean, that list in Romans one is sobering because it's defining the the wickedness of man yeah. and how it manifests in his life and um mm-hmm. i have underlined in my bible uh chapter two uh verse one and i'm gonna read that too i just went and i just literally highlighted right through uh chapter two of romans verse one therefore you have no excuse O man every one of you who judges for in passing judgment on another you condemn yourself because you the judge practice the very same things yeah so uh, scripture convicts uh, very much. So absolutely. Yeah. So a couple things um, mm-hmm. about that word gossip. It What it means is it means to speak slanderous and malicious toward another. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it ties together a bunch of different things. And the idea behind gossip is you're speaking about someone in such a way for the purpose of tearing them down mm-hmm. for the purpose of spreading lies oftentimes gossip is the is the retelling of lies mm-hmm. for the uh satisfaction of your own soul whether it's because you enjoy uh spreading lies or even the tantalizing uh, the tantalizing nature of information, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big part of sinful flesh where you just want to be in the nuance, in the know, and you're mm-hmm. just like sharing that and mm-hmm. spreading it around. Did you hear? Did mm-hmm. you hear? And so uh, it may just be that side of it where you're just spreading stuff that's not, uh, it's not helpful, right? And mm-hmm. this goes back, taking that passage where you started in Ephesians 5, and you go back to Ephesians 4, right at the end of Ephesians 4, which is helpful when he talks about the talk of the believer is to be that which is which is only for building up, mm-hmm. right? So we're, apart from declaring the truth and defending the truth, as we're speaking to one another, it should only be in, in areas and in ways that is meant to build each other up, mm-hmm. whether that's in an exhortation and, a, and an admonishment, because I see you doing something that's contrary to your testimony and contrary to the truth, well, then I have to bring that out, right? Mm-hmm. But even that is meant to build up. Or it's just in 
Romans 12, honoring one another, showing honor towards one another, a building up in that way, showing encouragement to one another, commending one another, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Like that should be our conversation always, mm-hmm. always meant for building up, whether that's admonishment or whether that's um, encouragement. Well, gossip is totally opposite of that. It's literally, it's useless conversation that never builds up. Mm-hmm. It's literally for the purpose of tearing down, for uh, uh, making the other person look look bad, or or it could simply be for your own building up, mm-hmm. where you're sharing it and you're talking so that the other person looks to you and says, "Wow, I didn't know that. You're so smart. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that." Right. Right. So it could be it could it could have the primary motive of I I, I hate that person or I don't like that person, and so I'm going to talk about them. So that's my way of jabbing them when they're not even in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'm hurting them, right? Mm-hmm. That's conversation that is meant to tear down. Or it could be that I really don't care about that person. So I'm going to use them in this conversation to build myself up. That's that's pride and arrogance right. in the sight of whoever this other person is you're talking to, you're gossiping with. Mm-hmm. You're speaking about this third individual who's not there. And you're using that individual to make yourself look better in that other person who is there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all go- gossip. It's malicious talk meant to tear someone down and often meant to build yourself up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's totally contrary to what Ephesians 4 commands for the believer, that he is to be involved in conversation that is always building up. Now, that doesn't mean that they're aren't times in which you have to have negative conversations about people. Obviously, the Bible's filled with that. Um, It's not gossip when Christ calls out the Pharisees and calls them whitewashed tombs Mm -hmm. and things like that. Uh, But he was speaking directly to them, though, right? He was, but he was also speaking to his disciples often. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. What's he saying? Right. Beware of their wickedness. Mm -hmm. Beware of their sin. Beware of their lies. Beware. I mean, constantly is warning them Mm -hmm. and constantly talking about them. And so, yeah, it wasn't just to them. And so there obviously are times, I mean, Paul very clearly right here in this text is lining out a list of people that uh, you have to beware of. Mm -hmm. And he's crossing it out and saying, you know, the believer has no part in these, in these things. And so, I mean, in a general way, he's, he's bringing that out. That's not gossip. That's, that's exhortation. That's warning, right? And uh, that's exposing, which which is what he says later on in the text in Ephesians 5. We're not to take part in the deeds of darkness. We're to expose them. Mm -hmm. Well, there are times in which exposing that sin demands pointing it out, demands bringing it to light so that the light of truth can purge it. Um, That may seem like gossip to some, but that's not gossip. That's what God does. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of Scripture. God confronts us. He brings light into our darkness and exposes it. But gossip at its heart is when you're talking in such a way with a motive of tearing someone else down or coupled with that with the motive of building yourself up at the expense of another. Now, oftentimes that gossip is correlated with lies, right? It's Mm -hmm. stuff you don't know, stuff you don't really know about. And so most of the time when someone's gossiping, they're lying because it's like this little... Uh, tenacious nuance that they might have heard like part of a conversation. They might have heard part of a conversation. They don't know the context. They don't know the full story. Mm-hmm. They don't, but they add to it to mm-hmm. make it more 
delightful right. into the listener's ear. So wh- why? So that that person looks at them and is like, oh, wow, I didn't mm-hmm. know. That's gossip. Mm-hmm. And so what that does is it feeds the pride of the speaker and it destroys the testimony of the object, whoever they're talking about. And so, yeah, so believers fall into this all the time. It is a scary sin. It is a serious sin. And that's why, honestly, we uh, believers talk too much. Hmm. Now, we have a podcast called The Truth Talks. Mm-hmm. But notice, it's the truth that's supposed to be talking. Right. Not not us. Yeah. And I've always said we get ourselves in trouble when we move off script. Mm-hmm. The scripture. Yeah. That's what that means. Mm-hmm. That's why you see me, I write my sermons out word for word and I stand behind that pulpit and I hardly move mm-hmm. because I know once I get off that script, it's going to get scary mm-hmm. because this is not good. And, uh, and so I think believers have to be really careful because gossip is innate within our hearts. Romans one proves that because what we see in Romans one is the DNA of all unbelievers and we were all there. And so that, that, that blood flows through all of our veins. Mm-hmm. Hence why in, in Ephesians 5, we're commanded to walk and be imitators like God. Yeah. We're ha- we have to, we have to, Paul has to command that because that's not our natural character. Mm. Because we have everything within us in our depraved nature that pulls us towards self-exaltation and the tearing down of others. Because mm-hmm. that's what we do as sinners. But in Christ, we are called to what? put ourselves aside and build up one another. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a sin that comes up all the time. You know, there's that, that whole reality on Sunday afternoon, the favorite meal is called roast the pastor. Mm. <laughs> happens all the time. Yeah. And it happens in such a way that parents do it in front of their children. I mean, I say that, it, I mean, it's historically, it's a proven fact and yeah. I don't feel that in our church, but it's true. It's true. Uh, you know, more pastors are gossiped about than probably anybody on the planet, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just the nature of it. And, and Christians fall into that all the time. And that's why I say we talk too much. We do better to pray and talk scripture to one another and keep our conversations there. Then, And the other side to this, too, is there is that reality. It's I, I preached on this, actually, when we talked about government. It's never gossip to point out sin. That's not gossip. And that's where we overreact, right? It's not gossip to point out the sin of a, of a leader. It's not gossip to point out the failure, you know, of a government where you're protecting your people. It may mm-hmm. not be prudent to do that, mm-hmm. right? It may not be helpful to do that, but that's not gossip. Sp- speaking truth is never gossip. Mm-hmm. Now, you may speak truth apart from love. That's sin, right? right? But so sometimes we think just because we speak negative, that's not gossip. Again, Christ spoke negative a lot about mm-hmm. a lot of people, as well as the prophets throughout the whole Old Testament. They're speaking negative all the time, mm-hmm. calling out Israel, calling out Egypt, calling out whoever. And so just because you speak negatively about somebody or you call out their sin, that in and of itself is not gossip at all. Um, it, it could be sin, and it could be a lack of love and a lack of prudence. That's a whole other discussion. But sometimes believers get into this mindset that we're supposed to be Pollyannish in all of our rhetoric, mm-hmm. where everything we say is just, just some somehow some sort of sanctified, exalted speech, where we never, uh, where we never speak negatively about 
anyone or anything. Well, if that's the case, then Jesus was a gossip nonstop mm-hmm. because he said a lot of negative things about a lot of people, in particular the false teachers of Israel. And so I think you just got to be careful when in the contemporary model that says um, this whole idea of tolerance is somehow love. Right. And uh, so that that slippery slope often that the defining everything according to tolerance gets fostered when you start describing words like this in scripture and that's not the case if i'm if i'm talking about somebody to tear them down and i'm bringing out negative things that may even be true about them but for the purpose of making them look bad and making me look good that's gossip but if i'm speaking about uh, negative things about a person that are true for the purpose of helping them or or helping someone else understand what's going on so they can help them or so that they can pray for them or whatever. That's not gossip. That's actually uh, what the Bible calls oftentimes admonishment or exhortation or shepherding, right? And as shepherds, we have to do that. We have to do that a lot. So I'm going to give you this scenario, and the reason why I'm giving you this scenario is just to further drive the point. Did that make sense, though? That made a lot of sense. Okay. And for me, I think that the understanding of what gossip, the direction and the heart behind gossip is what I really heard you talking about. Yep. Um, I want to give this situation to drive this home, okay? Yep. So we got friend uh, A, B, and C, all right? So friend A and... You know, keep in mind, friend B went to friend A to say, hey, look, uh, this is something that I have seen and uh, I want to ask your forgiveness for this. And I want you to understand that uh, this is not me pointing my finger at you. This is definitely pointing my finger to scripture and then scripture pointing four fingers back at me telling me what to do. So I want to ask your forgiveness and I want you to understand that there are some things that will have to change so that I'm not doing the same things that scripture is telling me not to do. So friend A went to friend, uh, friend B went to friend A to say these. Now, friend C heard about said conversation. Mm -hmm. So friend B goes to friend C and says, hey, friend C, uh, what did friend A say to you about the conversation that we had. Mm -hmm. Have I entered into gossip at that point? Because friend B, I'm friend B, I'm going to friend C to ask what the conversation was about. Mm -hmm. The reason why I'm going also is to, one, friend B is going back to friend A to say, wait a minute, I think some things got misconstrued because of what you said to friend C. Yeah, so I would say it's not gossip until friend D comes in. It's a joke. It's a joke. I'm like, there is no friend D. I know, but it's so confusing. A, B, C. I'm like, I'm I was trying to. Where's D, brother? Where's D? I'm trying to. I'm I trying know, to make it so that I'm not. I'm, I get it. I want to. I want to make sure that everybody understands who yeah. is who. Yeah. But you know, I may, maybe I should have used some fake made up names. It's fine. Names. I'm just giving you a hard time, brother. Yeah. Um. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. At the end of the day, uh, it it could easily turn into gossip. Why is that? Because two reasons. One is your heart, not you, but it. Well, yes, you. Yes, oh, me. Because I'm friend B. Yeah. So yeah. everyone involved. Let me just say it that way. Everyone involved has a deceived, wicked heart that will take anything that it can to turn it, 
even things that are, uh, let's just say, done with a good, pure motive, mm -hmm. the heart is anxiously waiting and working to turn that to selfish gain. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't matter what conversation, the motive behind it, it can quickly, in a matter of a nanosecond, turn, in, turn into gossip. So is it gossip what you described in and of itself? No, right? It's just a, it's just a gathering of more information. That's mm -hmm. what you described. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get more information so I know what went on and all of that. So that in and of itself is not gossip. However, that's often the doorway to gossip. True. Gossip comes up, right? It comes up like a weed, right? Mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't see it there. You're just planting grass, and, and all of a sudden it just pops up in mm -hmm. the moment of the conversation. Mm -hmm. You don't set out to do it. It just, it just appears, mm -hmm. and that's what's so uh, pernicious about it. It's because our hearts are, are, are like uh, hungry lions, man, looking for any morsel that, that, that it can latch onto and, and devour for its own feeding of its own flesh. Mm -hmm. And the wise believer knows that. And he guards his conversation. He guards his his communication. He even guards his community of people he's around because he doesn't trust himself. He knows at any moment I can be led astray by my own heart, and I don't want to put myself in a in a tempting situation by which this could easily turn to that. Especially if the situation you're referring to with A, B, C, and hypothetical D, if that situation, let's just say, is emotional. That situation is personal. That situation involves um, hurt feelings or whatever, as these relational issues often do. If that's the case, man, you are so primed for gossip that you have to go in with an armor uh, that is strong and looking uh, out for it. Better yet, just don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're better off. I have, I have learned. No, let me rephrase that. I am learning. That's a better way to say it. I am learning. To talk less in in these kind of situations mm -hmm. and just just uh um not like like there is a there is a limit in conversations especially when you're dealing with unbelievers or immature believers mm -hmm. that you have to be wise enough and go further conversation about this is not going to be helpful mm -hmm. i'm just i'm just gonna let it go now there are some things you can't let go if it's sin within the body of Christ, we're in a Matthew 18 setting, and then there's a right way to do that, right? right. You go one-on-one, you bring mm -hmm. two or three, you bring the church. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about that. You're just talking about conversations among quote-unquote friends. Well, if this friend is an unbeliever, it, there's, there's, there's not going to be any resolve because I'm seeing this from a redemptive historical perspective. This person's seeing it from a personally for lack of better words, satisfying, selfish perspective. Mm -hmm. There's never going to be any eye to eye. I know that going in. So my desire isn't that. My desire is just to be truthful, to be gracious, and to be faithful. And, you said two things right there. Yeah. You said, first you said a immature or lacking maturity, and yeah. then you said an unbeliever. Yeah. So yeah. are you saying that there is the possibility that someone who would – uh, be immature or think that they're a believer are really an unbeliever. Is that what you're kind of getting at? Or because well, you because you use two be, different people, it there. could be both. Okay, right? so an immature an immature believer will often be blind mm -hmm. to their own uh, to their own uh, fatal flaws, to their own weakness, to their own sin, 
right? That's part of what makes an immature believer an immature believer, mm-hmm. right? Which we all have that, so we're all immature to a certain extent. But there is that reality where, um, simply stated, the mature believer has humility, meaning he's failed enough to know when somebody confronts him, he listens. He may not agree with them in the end, but he listens. The immature believer, this is a mark of an immature believer. When he's confronted, he always defends himself. Mm-hmm. He's always defend. Well, if you know that, then doesn't mean you still don't confront the immature believer. But you know there there's clearly going to be a limit to what you can say where it's going to be edifying versus, yeah, this I've reached a point where this is pointless now because this person is so blind in their immaturity that they're not hearing anything I'm saying. It's it's not helpful to keep going. It's just going to stir the pot. And that's the sad reality and why Proverbs speaks so clearly so often about listening to wise counsel and about Proverbs 27, 5, the wounds of a friend heal, right? And it gives that reality of, of the wise man listens to advice, but the fool spurns rebuke, mm-hmm. right? Because that truth is so paramount in the in the in the ungodly, but also in the immature person, and and the wise person knows that, and he just says, "I'm going to pray for that brother," but there's a whole lot I can do for him. Again, if we're talking about a church deal, that's a different setting. That's because that's family matters, and we got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about just cordial friend relationship. Yeah, there's, uh, you oftentimes just have to let things go. Once you've brought truth out, once you've stood for truth, exposed whatever, whatever it is that's created this tension, a lot of times you, you, just, you just walk away. And that's wisdom. That's prudence. Yeah. And that's uh, um, because a lot of times the, you, you, got, you have to remember it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment. It's just your job, my job, to be faithful and truthful. And that's all we can do. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I can't persuade anybody in the sense of I can't change their heart. I can't change their mind. It, it, a change that's going to bring a real transformative uh, impact. Only the Lord can do that. All I can do is bring truth out. Whether they see it or not, is it's outside of my control. And it's not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. But if I can point it out and say, hey, brother, I think, you were, I think you were out of line when you did this. Here's why. X, Y, Z. You know, I'm not being I'm not being judgmental in the and I, I don't know your heart. I I give you the benefit of the doubt. You were really seeking to do what was best, but here's how it went down. And and if that person gets upset and calls you holier now and starts going down the trail, you know what? In the end of the at the end of the day, there's really not a whole lot you can do. Mm-hmm. That's on them. That's not on you. Yeah. If if you're speaking truth in love from Scripture, you're done. Now that person has to deal with the dilemma of their own heart, you know, and uh, and their lack of humility and teachability and all of those things. And and but what happens because the speaker often is immature is he wants to he wants to write it like he wants to bring it to conclusion. He wants everything to be right. Well, the reality is in this world, everything's not going to be right until the Lord returns. And there's often issues, and those issues are often the miles, the the measures of milestones and maturity in people's lives as they grow, as they work through these steps, and they have to be confronted, and it takes time. And the wise person knows, yeah, that person just needs time to grow. Yeah. And I'm just going to give them space and let them grow. Again, we're talking about the body of Christ as a different issue, mm-hmm. but if you're just talking about relationships, you got to pick your battles, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and. 
again, the reality is as, as a person grows in the Lord, he realizes these things and realizes these some of these conversations are, are really not helpful anyway. And I just need to cut them off and be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I appreciate that. And the, uh, well, even going back to Ephesians five, can we go back there for a minute? Yeah, I was going to, that's what exactly where I was going to go. We, we kind of, we kind of articulated, I think gossip in a helpful way, looked up, looked, looked up a couple passages and saw that. And of course you can even use the illustration of the widow in the, uh, uh, first Timothy five passage, right? The busybodies and, and you can, you can just imagine the, the chatter, right? Tell, mm-hmm. Talking about the morsels. Did you see? Did you hear? You know, that's that description. And of course, that's not just a woman problem. That's a that's a that's a people problem. We all have that, right? And um, but in in Ephesians five, I think you have to you have to not miss context in a couple things. This is post salvation. He's 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 giving the exhortation to believers. These are people who have been regenerated, and therefore they have the capacity to do this, and yet they still have the fight of the flesh within them. Mm-hmm. That's why the commands of, of Ephesians 4 and 5 and Colossians 3 and all of these passages, Romans 12, really, if you understand them in context, they're sobering because these are believers who are still struggling with these things, mm-hmm. or else he wouldn't command them not to do it, right? Right, And we forget that, mm-hmm. right? That's the nature of, of the of the living the risen life is that we often fall back into the enslaved life. Mm-hmm. We're never, if you're a true believer, you're never enslaved to sin in its entirety, but we act like it, right? Where we pick those, have a tendency to pick those sins back up. And so Paul is constantly commanding, no, don't do that. Walk in holiness and godliness and patience and love and all these things. So he says, therefore be imitators of God, beloved children, walk in love. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now, you have to you have to take the the, the, the hypotheticals that you sent out with the person A, B, C, and mystery D. Mm-hmm. And you have to think of Christ, right? Think about how Christ carried himself. Think about how Christ walked, be an imitator of Christ. Well, obviously he confronted when he saw sin especially sin within the leadership of of the false teachers, right? right. He mm-hmm. confronted it. He confronted sin other places too, mm-hmm. and especially in his own disciples, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously. But that was primarily his passion. But the other thing he did that I think is interesting is, is take First Peter 2. When Christ was reviled, he didn't revile in return. When Christ was, when Christ was mocked, he didn't, he didn't mock in return. And there is there is a there is a lesson to be learned when it's talking about being imitators of God, loving as God is loved, and that reality of understanding that as a believer, misunderstandings are guaranteed, mischaracterization uh, is guaranteed, because again we're called to be imitators of Christ, we're called to follow in the footsteps of Christ, which means we're going to be, uh, how shall I say this? persecuted mm-hmm. we're going to be persecuted on multiple levels now i say that and everybody immediately thinks head chopped off chains no right that that likely will happen across the globe in different places but oftentimes that persecution comes by character assassination mm-hmm. by misunderstandings in the sense of miss uh miss dis- uh, uh, unhelpful degenerating descriptions of a person right 
And that happens a lot. That happened to Christ all the time, all the time. Yeah. And that's why Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, what? Be, be weary when all men speak well of you. Mm. Be careful. Be, be on guard. If, if you're living a life and everybody loves you, Jesus says something's wrong. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean you go out and you make yourself prickly mm-hmm. and make yourself offensive. No, not at all. But you have to understand what I preached on Friday night. The gospel is offensive. Living the Christian life will offend. It will offend you. It will offend all those around you. Mm-hmm. And it will offend all those who don't even know you who are around you. Yeah. That's the way it works. That's Christ. And if we're going to be an imitator of him, we're going to live a life that's going to do that. And we are going to have to deal with these things. So the question isn't, will we be misunderstood? Well, Peter calls us a peculiar people, which screams of misunderstanding, like people mischaracterizing us. Mm-hmm. I mean, the early church, most people don't know this, the early church was uh, persecuted, many killed, because they were called cannibals. Because of communion. Because of communion. You talk oh, about goodness. a mischaracterization. Yeah. They said they're drinking blood and yeah. eating flesh. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah. They're imitators. Of, they're just following the Lord. They're just mm-hmm. doing this. This is so commonplace and so normal. And sometimes, even in in a Christian's walk in this world, um, he gets mischaracterized. He gets his his uh, descriptions of himself are totally blown out of the water. This happens all the time, even within the body of Christ, mm-hmm. and it's sickening. I, I've heard so many people. I, I've heard it throughout my life who will speak so ill of people they know nothing about, especially, especially, let's just say, uh, how shall we say it, uh, big-name pastors they've never even met. Yeah. I've heard John MacArthur's name assassinated forwards and backwards. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, listen, do you know him? Yeah. Have you ever talked to him? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing to disagree with his doctrine. That's fine. No problem. You can You can have your disagreement. But when you start attacking, you know, his character and his heart motives, I'm going, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. Do you know that about? Because I know him. Mm-hmm. I understand a lot that you don't. You mm-hmm. might want to be careful about that. Right. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Yeah. And and even even, you know, within the body of Christ. But and, but even going back to your point of a few months ago, even the president. You yes. know, that, that you don't like the president, so you start talking all these bad things. You know, I mean, even I, I would say even that, you know, it, it definitely can I, turn into that. I brought that point up. Yep. It's it's one thing. Again, that's my point of saying it's one thing to point out where a policy or a decision is unhelpful, mm-hmm. is wrong. We we not only have the right to do that as as the body of Christ, we must do that to protect one another and to declare truth, right? When the when the government starts doing what it's doing and promoting evil, we need to point that out. Right. Right? But that's different from from looking at governmental officials and calling them evil. Mm-hmm. Right? Now there may come a time where that's totally appropriate because <laughs> they've demonstrated that. Mm-hmm. But uh you're crossing a line there that you gotta be careful, right? Yeah. And yeah. so that's oh, that's where the church just doesn't do a good job. Does church doesn't know how to defend truth well it, it it hasn't in the modern time because we've fallen prey to this whole uh um, all is love and tolerance is love and church is is just a bunch of uh how shall i say it uh, weak individuals mm-hmm. right because the world has so infected us 
And so we've often fallen prey to the extremes. We either speak with such disrespect and dishonor on one side, or we go to the other extreme, and we're just a bunch of uh, pushovers and and uh, can't 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 even begin to speak with authority because if we do, everybody looks at you like you're mean, and yeah. and so that's the problem. And we have to we have to follow the the line in the middle, which is the truth. And so yeah, when it comes to these conversations, we've got to follow Christ. And when you read on. He goes on and he and he speaks about Christ giving himself up f- for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And this is big, buddy, in your conversation that you're talking about and all of this. I, I This is what I mean when I say we talk too much. Mm-hmm. I really believe, I really believe this, so much of our conversation is waste, is a waste of time because it's built around the protection of me. It's built around the elevation of myself or the protection of my character or my dream or my whatever. It's, it's, it's built around us. But if you follow the logic that Paul is saying here, everything Jesus did was built around what? The protection, the, the exaltation, the, the uh, uh, honoring of God. He was giving his life as a fragrant sacrifice to God. He didn't care about what people said to him, didn't care about what people did to him. He just wanted to be faithful to the Lord. How encouraging it is when a believer can do what they do and have no fear of what man says because all they care about is being faithful to the Lord, lifting high the Lord. That's why Paul says, listen, if these charlatans preach Christ, let them preach Christ. All I care about is that they preach Christ, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that was his point in Philippians 1. And when he says um, in uh, to all the super apostles that were castigating him in 2 Corinthians, and what, is, what does he say? He's like, I'm not going to defend myself. I'm not going to answer them. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. He said, I'm, I, I don't even, he said, I don't even judge myself. I wait until the final day. I'm going to let my life speak for itself. I'm not going to get in this tit for tat with you. Oh, there's so much we could learn from this. I think we waste way too much time in conversations that are not edifying, conversations that are not helpful, because they're conversations that are not concerned about the glory of God. They're concerned about the glory of man and our dreams and our wishes and whatever and I think we, we would be far better served to uh, just let many things go that aren't going to be helpful if we look at it because the conversation really isn't about God. The conversation's about man. Mm-hmm. And it should be, you know what? I can't do this because it dishonors God. Mm-hmm. Well, you're just, you know, you're just being this or that. And it's like, well, you can say that, but really all I want to do is honor God. And so that's why I'm doing it. And you end it. Mm-hmm. And you move on because it's not about what they think, mm-hmm. not about what they say. Mm-hmm. It's only about what God says and who God is. That that, that changes so much mm-hmm. about the, the things we care about and the things that concern us. Mm-hmm. I think Christians carry around way too much concern for things that aren't, shouldn't concern us. Mm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the truth is talking today and, uh, it is, uh, it's, this is very good, man. I, I appreciate you. What what people that are listening don't know is that uh, he is also not just talking as a teacher right now. He's actually talking as a shepherd. So um, that is, you know, that is for me that really he's really talking to me in some situations that, 
you know, I've told him about off mic. So uh, bear with him as he is, you know, like I said, this is for me, I have all this recorded. <laughs> so I'll be able to go back and reference this again, which is extremely helpful for me to, you know, listen to it over and over and over again so that uh, I understand it and, and get more understanding as I go through and, and look at these scriptures. So um, the the part before we end, I really want to, uh, and this may be another yep. podcast, but the foolish talk, Yep. you know, I wanted to yep. kind of get like what that is, because what I'm hearing you say is, when you are going past the point you just described where mm-hmm. you are saying, Hey, look, I'm just here. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to please man. I'm here to please God. That's what's important. Going past that, would that be considered foolish talk? Mm-hmm. Or is there some other way that you, that that's foolish talk is described? Cause it seems as if, cause there's two ways, you know, yep. like, uh, um, I want to say that it's, uh, was it was, Oh yeah, it was, um, it was, uh, you were, preaching on Mark uh, a few months ago. And when Jesus sent out the disciples, if they weren't ready to, or they weren't listening to the gospel that the, the uh, disciples were preaching uh, or teaching, uh, he told them to dust their feet off and move on to the next town. Yes. Now above that, I also am remembering these scriptures that talk about one, um, uh, not casting your pearls before swine is the old, uh, mm-hmm. the old saying. And yeah. also, um, you know, talking to a fool is just, is useless because they're yeah. not going to accept it. Yeah. Um, is that the foolish talk or is it something else or no? Okay. Yeah, no, I think, I think what you, what you have here is of course he's, he's writing, excuse me, to believers and he's lining out a ton of, of, of uh, sinful acts that should not mark the Christian, okay? Mm-hmm. So he's going through, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you. That mm-hmm. that is that is huge, yeah. as is proper for the saints. So Paul is, is delineating this reality that we are to be marked by holiness and godliness and Christ-likeness. Again, it mm-hmm. goes back to that first, par- that first uh, command there, be imitators of God. And these things take away from God. They don't reflect God. So one of the ways in which we glorify God, or or if you want to use it, uh, bring glory to God, is when our life, our character, our conduct, our speech, our, our life, when it reflects the character of God, when it reflects, when it represents God, it brings glory to God. Meaning when our life points to him, then that brings glory to him. That's how we glorify God. Mm-hmm. And so Paul is saying, none of these things glorify God. They only glorify man, right? They're not for God. And these things are, are rebellion against God. They're wickedness to God. They're an attack and offense against God. So there should be no sexual immorality, all impurity, all covetousness, which is all self-centered, self-seeking pleasure, must not even be named among you. Again, he's He's, he's, he's talking about the severity of this in light of the righteousness and the holiness that should mark the church and mark the believer. And he's like, these things, they shouldn't even be, they shouldn't even come up around you. They should be so far from you. It's not even a, a hint of it. Not even, it, no appearance of evil, none whatsoever. That's how serious this is. Not only these, these and he says, what is proper among the saints. There is a proper act, conduct, character, lifestyle for believers. And we don't think enough about that. We are, we are distinct. We are separate. We're peculiar people. We're different from the world. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you're not, you're, you're probably not a believer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge. 
right? Yeah. Now he goes on. So he, he's going from these massive acts of immorality and impurity and, and, and greedy and covetousness. Now he says, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are, which are out of place. Again, he's, he's moved from, you could, you could even say he's moved from the, the deep, dark reality of immorality and the heart sins, right? So if you look at sexual immorality and impurity, coverage, that's all, that all, that all of that is, is heart driven right. stuff, mm-hmm. right? And now he's talking about what? The outward. The mouth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What comes out of the, from the heart? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? right? And so he's clearly moved whether, you know, he's clearly moving. And I think there's even a progression in the way he describes it because he says, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking. You can see a progression, a progression here. That word foolish or filthiness is talking about obscenities, um, um, a wickedness. Mm-hmm. Let there be, let there be no filthiness in your mind. Let there be none of this that then turns into stupid talk, talk that's that that is not for building up, which always ends in what crude joking. Yeah, you you don't you don't tell crude jokes unless there's already been filthiness filling your mind. I get you, yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what he's talking about. And he says, so let there be no filthiness in your mind, no filthiness in your thought life, no filthiness in 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 your in your uh, conduct at all. And then don't let that then turn around and become just foolish talk. And the word foolish, he's what he's talking about there is is worthless talk. Talk that's not about the Lord, talk that's not about the gospel, talk that's not about for building up, talk that's not edifying. Talk that's just wasted. It's it's meaningless. It doesn't matter, and uh, it's uh, what Paul talks about in First Timothy uh, four when he, t- he talks about old wives' tales, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it's interesting in the Greek. It's it's literally translated like a blah blah blah, right? <laughs> it, right. It, it's it's stupid. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything. Like right. we would say blah blah blah, you mm-hmm. know, when we're filling in in uh, dead space mm-hmm. right and it's kind of that's what foolish talk is mm-hmm. it's like take it out and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. right it's it's worthless like well, what what was that it was just a filler it didn't do anything and so but that always leads to what crude, crude joking, joking yeah. always always and he so he's saying take take it out it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything again don't miss it which are out of place out of place in the one who calls himself a believer mm-hmm. it doesn't fit Right, like an elevator in the outhouse, <laughs> like a, a a bottle of water trying to put out a forest fire, like a pig in a strawberry patch. <laughs> How many more West Virginians do you want, man? Out of place, completely. It yep. doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. right? It's it's yeah, it's like lipstick on a pig. Yeah, you you put this in the life of a believer. It's out of place. Yeah. It makes no sense. It contradicts mm-hmm. his claim, not compliment. But instead, let there be what? Notice the difference. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So all of this, right, is driven by, at the end of the day, in some form or fashion, it's driven by discontent. It's driven by discontentment. Wow. It's driven by grumbling and complaining. Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the opposite of that? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Wow. And, and, and again... Thanksgiving for what? That's a great question. What is the Thanksgiving for? Well, that's a good question. What do you think? What's the context? 
What's he writing about? Well, what, what has changed everything? Well, after that, after he talks about how sinful they're they're being, it goes into uh, in verse seven. Therefore, do not yep. become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness. Yep. So it seems as if you now, but, Thanksgiving for being brought out of that and keep being going. redeemed. But, but now, but now walk in the light. Uh, walk in, you, but, but now, now you, you are light yep. in the Lord. Walk yep. as children of light. Yep. Uh, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Mm-hmm. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take mm-hmm. no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the Thanksgiving is for the uh, redemption and the yep. regeneration. Absolutely. For that, for the gospel. Yeah. For all that God has done. Because mm-hmm. look across the page, verse verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do. That's what he's describing. He's right. just continuing to strive to describe the unbeliever the unbeliever's walk. In futility of their minds, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy, and practice of every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him, been taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus. That's good. I uh, I'm, I really appreciate this, uh, this kind of, man... This is good. <laughs> so, so speechless here. N- no, but here's the deal. So, how do you fight foolish, filthy, worthless talk that leads to crude joking? You, listen, you will never have foolish talk and crude joking when you're talking about Christ. Yeah, you will never have foolish talk when you're talking about the gospel, mm-hmm. right? I'm talking about the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the scriptures, right? The doctrine that comes out of the scripture. I'm not talking about man-made garbage Mm -hmm. that the world you know and charismatic uh false teachers and all of that kind of stuff they can use those terms but they're not talking truth but when you're talking truth when you're when you're letting the truth talk Mm -hmm. you you will completely eviscerate foolishness and crude Mm -hmm. joking because you can't they don't go together light and darkness do not mix when you're talking about the light which is what he says when you're thanking him for the light, when you're praising God for the light, when you're focused on the light, darkness is gone. The darkness, what, drives, the, the light drives the darkness away. Mm-hmm. And so our conversation should be all about the light because we're people of the light and we should be thankful for the light. The light of truth was shown in our hearts, Second Corinthians 4, to what? Help us to see the glory of Christ. That's what we talk about. That's what we lift up. That's what we care about. That's what we're concerned about. That's what we are thankful for. We're thankful for Christ. We're thankful for the mercy of God, which, which though we were once dead in our sins, he has made us alive together with Christ. Listen, when that is the, the core of your life, this kind of character has nothing to do with it. But when that is gone and you're focusing on the world, focusing on self, focusing on whatever else, then it's easy for filthiness, crude joking, foolish talk to overtake you and be part of the conversation. And so Thanksgiving ends all that when it's driven by the thankful heart for the Lord. I also I want to also bring up another point that you have uh, really stressed in my life you know, me having conversations with you on and off mic and also through the men's Bible study. 
One thing that is important that I have learned and I'm grateful that I've learned now uh, (laughs) is that when I am in scripture, when I'm studying scripture, when I am, um, you know, taking the time out of my day to pray and uh, really seek what the scriptures say, I don't have time for or energy or energy (laughs) for all that other foolishness. Nope. You don't. and Or desire. Yeah, or the desire. And yep. I, when I start to kind of slip up and go into, like, yep. my old ways, I realize that I have not been studying Scripture. I have not been sitting down and, you know, training myself to godliness. I amen. haven't been doing it. I haven't been in the gym. Let me, amen. Let me, let me tell you something I have learned over the years by my own failure that has really helped me in this in this arena that you're talking about and talking around Mm -hmm. I have uh, and and again let me rephrase it present tense ongoing action I am learning this I have been learning this often through the anvil of my own adversity that I've brought on because of my own you know foolishness or or sin or just not wise thinking over in leadership or whatever and I've realized that as I'm in a situation and I and I start to feel myself getting defensive, whether it's because of what somebody is saying to me, saying about me, or what I'm beginning to think I need to say. Mm-hmm. If I sense any any inclination of defensiveness, I get I get nervous. Not nervous in the sense of I'm afraid to defend myself. That comes natural, so I'm not, I have no fear of that. That tends to be sinful. Mm-hmm. I I tend to get nervous because when I begin defending myself in the past, that's usually when I'm out of line. It's usually when I'm I've I've reached that point of who am I really? So this is what I do now. When I'll check myself, when I can feel it in my heart, I know when that's coming. I can sense it, and I and I will often ask myself, who am I caring most about? in this mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Am I getting am I getting frustrated because of what this person has said to me, said about me or saying to me? Or am I frustrated because of what this person has said about God, is doing towards God or has done um in in uh rebellion against God? Well, I can tell you almost every time it has to do with me mm-hmm. and not God. And that begun that begins an immediate check on my heart and says, I need to just pause and take time and check maybe my defense, my defensive posture or or perspective or propensity here is pure. But I don't trust my heart enough. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna pray about this and check. And I have found so many times that the um the truth of what Paul says in Corinthians has served me well. I don't need to defend myself. I'm, I'm, because uh, I'm not worried about me. I don't, I'm not worried about what you think or say, or, or even if you get what I'm saying. As long as I'm clear and I'm pointing out the truth, I'll do my best to make it clear to you. But if you still can't see it at the end of the day, there's nothing I can do about it, mm-hmm. because all I care about is honoring God and doing what's right for Him and 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 defending. Not him. He doesn't need no defense, but defending the truth, because that's what I'm called to. Mm-hmm. And man, that has helped me so much. That has helped me. That has helped me, and it continues to help me from getting into worthless conversations. Yeah. Paul is commands Timothy multiple times: do not get involved in worthless conversations. 
conversations that are not edifying. Mm-hmm. And so many leaders and pastors do all the time. And at the core, it's the defense of themselves. Yeah. And I have learned that my heart is too self-centered. I can't trust it. And uh, I, th- I think we all need to learn that. Mm-hmm. A lot more than that we need to learn. But yeah, that's a good lesson uh, to actually end. We are like uh, an hour in right now <laughs> to the podcast. Who, who knew? Yeah, I'm just, it's, 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 it was too hard to end at, at any particular place. But uh, I'm grateful for you giving us this wisdom and uh, giving us the wisdom of the, of, of the scriptures. Of the, of the word. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The wisdom of mine. Just yeah. the wisdom of the word. So... Thank you all for tuning in to the Truth Talks podcast. Uh, Please uh, subscribe and like the podcast as well. And uh, here is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The biblical gospel starts with God. Out of nothing, God made everything, including you and me, to bring himself much pleasure. His purpose for us as humanity was to love, obey, and enjoy him perfectly. Instead of this, man has sinned against our loving creator, and acted in rebellion. Since God is good and just, he must punish sin that deserves eternal conscious punishment under God's wrath in hell. But God, being merciful, loving, and gracious, had a plan to punish sin, and so be a just judge, and yet forgive sinners, and so display mercy, by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, the co-equal and co-eternal son of God, to take on human flesh, fulfilling his perfect requirements in the place of sinners, loving, obeying, and enjoying him perfectly. Furthermore, Jesus bore the full wrath of God upon the cross, and he satisfied the eternal anger of God, standing in a place of sinners, though he was himself perfectly sinless. God showed his acceptance of Christ's sacrifice by raising Jesus from the dead after three days in the grave. Now Jesus commands everyone everywhere to repent, turn from their sin, and believe, trust in him. This is the glorious transaction. God then charges Christ's perfection to the sinner and no longer views him as an enemy, but instead an adopted son and daughters covered in the perfect righteousness of his son. We can now have peace with God and have eternal life with him forever. It's true for every person in every culture, in every place, in every language through all time. So our response to this good news is repentance and faith. Dear hearer, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Turn from your sins. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this day be reconciled to God. Thanks for tuning in today. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to the Truth Talks Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at the Truth Talks Podcast and visit our website at BelcroftBibleChurch.org. Delighting in the Word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Belcroft Bible Church.